show The Drew and Fuse show The Drew and Fuse show They clean up nicely It's the Drew and Fuse show The Drew and Fuse show The Drew and Fuse show Yeah, they clean up nicely Douse Punks in the building. We're back. We we pre-recorded a couple of these, and now we are back in the office after Thanksgiving weekend. We were at DJ Collective. What did you think of DJ Collective there, Fusomania? Well, I would. I have a lot. I thought about it. My first thing I would say is that what a production. Those guys knocked the ball out of the park. I've been to quite a few DJ conferences over the years now, and production-wise. I didn't really get doesn't get any better than what they did there. Very action packed, too. I mean, from the day it starts at 9 a.m. is your first breakout track or whatever, whatever they call it. Then you keep going all day and all night. Well, actually, I think the first day was one, but we did have to get up early and kind of register and do all that other stuff. But then, yes, it's right up and early and goes all the way to the wee hours. So. You're getting your money's worth. They're filling it all in. Even the breaks had dope um, DJ breakouts and so Silas Chris with um, you know the disco and that was amazing with the roller skaters. Obviously the Ragozas. I mean they are really, 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 really top notch. Uh, they had one day to uh, they prepped that set in one day. I don't know if you knew that, but I didn't so that, know that. That's 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 why I was like blown away by that because. I hate country music. I think everybody that listens to this podcast by this time knows that I hate country music. They really did really well. A country set very tastefully. I, I think that, I mean, they just nailed it. And yeah. the, the performance aspect and everything, they just... Team Ragoza. I mean... Team Ragoza. Team DMS and Team Ragoza. Get his edits exclusively on our sponsor, directmusicservice.com. You know, speaking of sponsors, you know, I just want to let you guys know if you use the promo code Drew and Fuse Show, that'll get you 30% off your first month at directmusicservice.com. Also, also, if you click the link below in the description of this video, there's going to be a affiliate link for the Photo Booth Supply Company, and that won't do shit for you, but it will help the show out. So if you're in the market for a photo booth, Click that, you know, affiliate link and hook your boys up. Hook your boys up. Drew said he'll give you a t-shirt. We know we got some sticker packs. We got sticker packs, you know. I actually yeah. got uh we got that one of a one of one. Oh dang. We are not a DJ conference, we're a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> actually, those don't uh if you didn't get one at the show, you're out of luck. Yep. Um, also, I just want to let you guys know the sponsorship finally did come in. We are now officially sponsored by Liquid Death. So all you haters uh, that said we'll never get the sponsorship, I'm just letting you know that we are sponsored now. We just struck a three-episode deal with them. And uh, there you have it. So suck on that. <laughs> officially, unofficially. What's it taste like? It tastes like heaven. Oh, I thought it tastes like water. 
tastes like heaven and in, in, inside of hell so speaking of dj collective we have a guest on today that we got to chat with a little bit at dj collective personally the dj collective is just like a whirlwind for me i felt like ever there was so much going on that you really had to kind of like pick and choose who you got to talk to and when and then if you like wanted to listen to the djs then it was like you got to pick to not talk to people and go listen to that like there's just a lot going on at all times uh but we did get a chance to talk to our guest today and um he sponsored one of the breakouts, by the way. It was with yes. Buck Rogers, the electric, yes. uh, electronic one. and his. Uh... He's a DJ that hails in from the Midwest, but now calls Missoula, Montana home. Uh, specializing in open format, he does mostly private events with some uh, bars and clubs sprinkled in. When the pandemic hit and, you know, it, it really rocked our entertainment world, he turned his passion project into uh, a company. And that company is... Brig Beard Company, and it's all natural beard and body oil company that focuses on sustainability. So, with that being said, please help us welcome Briggs. What's up? Hey. Hello, hello. What's up? Excited to be here with you guys. I'm pumped. I feel like yeah. I, I I don't even feel like I should be on the show with the long list of very. Um, not professional. You guys aren't professional. Um, the, <laughs> the accoladed DJs that have been on the show has been super cool. So I'm I'm honored to be here with you guys to talk shit for an hour and a half. So <laughs> you are a trailblazer in what you're doing. So you do deserve to be here because what you're bringing to the table is, you know, we had an episode or it was like a series on direct music service, and it was called Beyond the Decks. And the idea is taking DJing and just being an entrepreneur and everything that we learned with it and growing it beyond only DJing. So uh, I know you still DJ and you still have a lot to do with it, but it, it is, um, you know, we do learn a lot in this community, uh, just you know, Definitely. pushing your own brand and being an entrepreneur. I feel right. like for the five minutes we got to talk to you too, Drew and I were very few people take a, a negative time in their lives and do something positive with it. And I think your whole kind of story is that. So it, I'm happy to have you on and ha share, you know, kind of your journey of what you've went through and how it kind of relates to DJing as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm pumped to talk about it. I mean, it is everybody's story is unique, right? And we all kind of experience lockdown and COVID. I mean, obviously, we'll get more into this in a second, but we all experienced it in a different way. And I just kind of made a made a decision to, to take a left turn and just figure out something else and, and kind of just ran with it. And, and here we are. Awesome. So uh, one thing we kind of like to do uh, before we get started is we'll, we'll do some rapid fire uh, questions and we're going to play a little segment video um, here and then we'll get started into some rapid fire questions. Hey, this is the king of pop, Michael Jackson. Drew and Fuse, let's talk questions. In fact, let's do some rapid fire. Now, I know these rapid fires aren't always so rapid fire and that is okay by me. I got nothing but time. Now, let's look at the man in the mirror and get started. Hee 
All right. It never gets old. <laughs> Again, I, I think I'm on the long list of people that's never actually seen the videos because I listen on Spotify. So I'm very excited to see all of these segment videos for the first time. All of my reactions are authentic. <laughs> well, that's Michael Jackson, the real Michael Jackson, if you didn't know. so Definitely uh, not in his prime. But <laughs> you got him. You got him. <laughs> I'll take it. Take him however we get him. <laughs> so one of the first questions we like to ask is just uh, stuff that you're currently listening to in your personal time, not work related. That could be podcasts. That could be music and and you know whatever, whatever. Just stuff that you're enjoying listening to in your personal time. Sure. Um, I don't know if I try to relate to other DJs in this, but I really like to not listen to gig music when I'm not working gigs because, I mean, we do obviously play a lot of the same stuff. Um, that's just the way the world turns these days. So I love um, like funk. I'm a really big indie guy. I, I If you can't tell, I kind of look like a hipster. I'll claim it. It's OK. <laughs> um, right now, dude, uh, Michael Kiwanka has been uh, or Kiwanuka, excuse me, has been on my on my Spotify um, playing quite a bit. Um, Marcus King came out with an album pretty recently. I don't know if you guys are familiar with any of these people, but more yeah. rock, like rock mixed with some, a little bit of funk, I guess, if you will. But um, some good, I love instruments. I'm a drummer. I grew up a drummer. So I'm always down to listen to full bands and anything like that. But then again, more mainstream stuff. I'm an Anderson Pack fan through and through, even before Silk Sonic um, and made him famous. But so I always like to listen to a bunch of his stuff. But then once I hop in the gym and I'm working out, I just hit up Mixcloud and kind of scroll through what people have been putting out recently. And uh, DJ Precise just put out a recent mix um, right before the collective, actually, that it, on Club Killers that has been pretty fire. That's what I've been listening to the past couple of days. So, yeah, that's kind of what's going through the headphones. Um, podcasts, The Road Podcast, another DJ podcast. I'm sure you guys are familiar. They're always coming out with fire episodes and having some really cool guests on and stuff like that so i do frequent that one a lot and as always the most important drew and few show <laughs> well thank you um that's a great list i'm going to check out a lot of those artists um anderson pack being a drummer i mean his drumming skills is he's so dope dude it's and next level it's just, and it's very just off the wall kind of not very like down the down the road i guess is what i'm trying to say Right, right. And they, honestly, when I first heard of Anderson, I heard his music before I knew he was a drummer. So like I was listening to his music a little bit and then found out he was a drummer. So it just literally went from like level nine to like level 11 for like my fanship of his. Because once you hear him drum and I've seen him, I think, three times now. I'm glad I saw him when I did, because now to see him or Silk Sonic is like three times the price. But uh, once I saw him live, I'm like, dude, this guy this guy gets it. He's just all over. Cause you know, he raps, sings drums. I've seen him play bass and stuff too. Every once in a while, I, I got to see him with Thundercat and that was, that was pretty legendary. So yeah, he's, he's amazing. Do, do you still play drums? I do. Yes. Uh, not as much as I would like to, my drum sets in my basement set up, ready to go, but I just don't, I don't frequent it as much as I would like to. When I first moved to Montana, uh, I found a group of guys that needed a drummer and they were playing a lot of just, classic rock hits you know steely dan you know credence clear auto rival all that stuff so which is easy stuff to play and i don't mind it because that's what I, I grew up listening to that stuff with my dad so i played with them like once a month and then COVID hit they kind of petered out on that and then, since then i haven't really found a group of people to play with and for me 
playing with people is so much more exciting, especially as a drummer, because like, you know, you're just the beat, you know, there's no melody to what you're doing. So it can only sound so creative by itself. So I really like to find people to play with instead of just being in my basement, making a bunch of noise. But is that how it transitioned into DJing? I mean, a drummer seems like a natural progression. Just like we're paying so close to attention to the drums and just the beats in general. So was that part of kind of the progression into DJing? absolutely From, absolutely yeah. i like at an early i started playing drums when i was about six or seven and so at an early age i just had a love for music and my both my brothers um actually all three of my brothers at one point played the guitar my um younger brother who lives in nashville actually saw him when we were at the collective he goes to school for uh, music production and then my dad plays guitar too so music has just always been in my family and then once i found out i was never going to be a good enough drummer to make any money off of it <laughs> i kind of like changed my mindset and took that skill set as far as like just music theory and um production if you will into the dj world so it was just kind of like an I felt like I kind of had a little bit of a cheat code coming into the DJ world because I didn't have to learn counting. I didn't have to learn theory. I knew, you know, verse, chorus and all that, how the structure of songs was already just by playing drums. So it kind of the transition was easier as far as the music theory side of stuff goes. You could have your your guys' family could have been Hanson or, you know, uh, who else is it? Uh, The Jonas Brothers. You guys missed the boat on that. It could have all three of you there's still time there's still time it's hilarious because my like i will touch on this my little brother like his big dream right now is in to like run a ska band like he just loves like dirty grungy ska which is like nothing i would ever choose to listen to or like want to play so every time i'm around him it's just like all this punky scott like with a little bit of scream and i'm like all right we're, we're just never gonna be in a band together i just have to admit it <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you you gotta meet him so he's hilarious i love it he's 19 and got this long hair he's now got this like this stash thing going and it's oh it's it's a it's a vibe to say the least <laughs> so we 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 me and fuse kind of grew up in the ska scene uh, punk scene and it's funny to hear that younger kids are it's like coming back somehow i don't know i've heard it more times than i want to admit that people are are like really into ska all of a sudden it's it's interesting and i can't tell if it's like a genuine love for the music or if it like for my brother i think he likes it so much because it like pisses me off like that I, he likes that music so much so i think there's a part of the love for the music that they just understand that like there is a large demographic of people that just don't like that and so like yeah but we like it though <laughs> I love Less Than Jake. It's, Less Than Jake is, uh, I think I've said it on the show probably a thousand times at this point, but the, if they come to Cincinnati, it's like a drop everything, go see them every time they come through town. That's how much I, I love. I don't always listen to, like, I love listening to that music. If if it's if I'm just, like, cruising in the car, a lot of times it's not, like, my first thing I, I put on. But if I'm, like, headed out somewhere and I want to get, like, pumped up, I definitely put it on. And, uh you know, um, I love the energy at their shows as well. Like, it's just always fun. And everybody there is, like, super nice. And if you get in, like, a mosh pit at one of their shows, it's not like somebody's trying to kill you. Uh, <laughs> like, if you fall down, somebody will, like, reach their hand down and pick you up and be like, let's go. And, like, then you just keep going. <laughs> or it's, like, actually, other shows been to, they're trying to kill you. <laughs> I actually just took my daughter to one. And it was cheap little local show. And she was in the pit. I got video of her and her friend in the pit. And so, heck yeah. 
Let's see. I think I like the the idea of just the the community of anything, but you know, like you said, growing up being in bands and being just around music, I I still love bands, and I'm sad there aren't as many, but I still do love love live for music. sure. Lucky for us, we do have quite a quite a good like uh, local music scene here in Missoula, and we've got three venues that that pray. Our stay pretty stacked throughout like all seasons. We've got a sweet outdoor amphitheater that's open in the summers. And then we've got two indoor venues that are right downtown that try to get at least every other week, if not every week, there's somebody playing. So for a small mountain town like Missoula, that's exciting. I know we're not like Vegas or you know even LA or Nashville where there's literally obviously every night something going on. But we do still get quite a few people. It's nice because we're like nestled right between like Seattle and like potentially – like Bismarck, if people stop there, but even like the Twin Cities, like Minneapolis, St. Paul. So people kind of have to go through Minneapolis to go to, or I mean, excuse me, Missoula to get to Seattle for shows as far as like bands and performers. So sometimes we get some people to stop that are probably like we wouldn't normally get, but if it's a Tuesday night and they can play a quick show, like they, they tend to stop. So but that's, that's the best. Funny. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite remixer or producer and that doesn't even mean like DJ edit wise. That just means like in music and as as a whole. Is there anybody that you're really into? In in the DJ realm, I got to give a shout out to even Steve. Man, that dude. He his edits are are primo, and they're just like they're well thought out. So he's a he's a Wisconsin boy. So me and him got both got some Midwest blood. Um, so shout out to even Steve. And then I'm trying to think of like producers. Um, here's another one. If you guys have never heard of him, um, it's called Pro Leader. P-R-O-L-E-T-E-R. He's just got like some funky, some funky beats, a lot of instrumental stuff with sometimes some vocals. Um, it's actually what I use a lot to like for my scratch practice. I'll use his instrumental backgrounds as just kind of some beats to kind of practice some scratches on. So those two right now are are kind of my faves. Awesome. Just, uh, is there a go-to a Missoula food spot? Like if we were going to come there and visit, uh, that's you, something you can only get there. Where would it be? Uh, there's this restaurant called the Mustard Seed. I believe it's a chain, but I think we're they're only in like Spokane and Missoula, and uh, they specialize in like Asian cuisine. So like Thai, I'm, I love Thai food. Anywhere I can go to try Thai food, um, I love Pad Thai, and their Pad Thai is hands down like the best in the city. And they also, ironically enough, have like killer chicken wings. So like I always get like Pad Thai and a shitload of wings as well because they do it both really well <laughs> so that would be my recommendation and they don't have a crazy name we just had deville on and what was uh his his uh place it was like uh thai spots always have the craziest names right uh, it's always something funky 24 hours that's yeah. what it was <laughs> that was a like with pho like 20 yeah yeah, 20 yeah. yes I love it. <laughs> Those have the best names. It's so good. <laughs> That's great. Do you have a crazy DJ story you would like to tell us? Any night from the DJ booth, uh, event gone bad, anything like that? I've got two that are like one's pretty quick. The other one, I mean, they're both not that long. But the, the first wedding I ever DJ in, in Montana. So I DJed in Illinois and in, in like Western Wisconsin where I went to college for like five or six years before I moved to Missoula. And so my first time ever doing a Missoula wedding, we're kind of like out in the boonies a little bit, which is pretty common here, like ranch weddings and stuff. And as like dinner starts to roll, I mean, this is like a 300 person wedding. So pretty large. And I noticed like I'm 
you know, talking with the caterer, kind of making sure everything's going well. And then like, I come to find out that like, there is only one caterer, like he's cooking, he's prepping and he's serving. And so I literally at one point, long story short, like was watching this line just wrap around the whole venue. And I like got up there, I started serving potatoes. I'm like, I want to party like these people want to rage like we got to get these people through line. So I'm literally in the buffet line, like serving people food. And they're like, wait a second aren't you the music dude? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like, I'm trying to party. Like, let's get this over with. So yeah. that was one of them. That was the very first one I ever did. So that was just You're like, like, yeah, I'm the music guy. guy. And today I'm the potato guy too. <laughs> <laughs> Jack of I all a, trades. I did a wedding um, in the Midwest. No, it was uh, by Sioux Falls. Uh, anyways, the bride and groom actually were serving as well. Wild. They were just out there like they cooked some of the stuff and were serving. So That's crazy. I don't know. It's what they wanted to do. It was like their big contribution. Yeah, there's a lot like in Montana specifically. It's a lot of DIY culture, like for lack of better words, like people just like to really do stuff themselves, whether it's the food, the venue building all of their you know table decorations and all that stuff which is becoming more common but so it's just kind of one of those things where you run into a lot of that like hey we did this ourselves i'm like well there's a reason there's professionals so <laughs> a for effort <laughs> totally. but uh my second story is i actually had um a grandfather of the bride have a stroke um two minutes before the first dance and oh. like talk about just the ultimate i mean he, he's okay he didn't die but like thankfully you know it just all the ultimate deflate of a moment of like we're about to go into the first dance people are like had been waiting because some the food took a little bit longer so like we're the, the build-up was there people were ready for it and out of nowhere we just hear like somebody go down right around the corner where the like dinner was and then you know, the ambulance came took him away he was fine but it was just kind of like a a shell shock and i'm like playing dinner music which is obviously like a little bit more happy especially right before dancing it's like a little more upbeat like trying to get people in the mood and then like at one point the bride comes to me and she's like um can you play like something else i'm like yeah so i'm like scrambling i'm like what what do i even play right now and then yeah. she asked she asked me to play dave matthews and i'm like sure i'll play you some dave matthews right now threw on some dave matthews song and then immediately had like three or four people from the the party come up and like complain that i was even playing music and i'm like okay i like yeah. i don't even know what to do in this situation but it ended up being great the party was fun it was a good time but it was just like one of those things where you just like i've actually never seen this before i thought i'd seen it all <laughs> and here we are <laughs> There's that. There's but, no right thing to do. I think you have to play music, even if it's just something in the background. Right. You know, keeping it off would just be, I don't know. I, I, I think it would fuck it up. It was a smaller wedding too, so it wasn't like there was chatter amongst the the crowd, if you will, to like soften the silence. If that makes yeah. sense, that's kind of redundant. But uh, so I played. I was like, yeah, I agree. I'm like, I gotta play something. Like I can't just yeah. not play anything. But yeah. So yeah, those are my wild stories for you. How long did it take before the ambulance came, or did somebody there help? It? Ambulance was there quick. I think they got there within ten minutes, and he was in oh, the yeah. ambulance within a half an hour. So like we were luckily like we were just outside of Missoula, but we were close enough to a smaller town that I think they sent their ambulance and got him, and then took him back into Missoula. So um, it was it was honestly surprisingly quick. But he, he was like awake and responsive way before the ambulance even got there. So you could tell that there was some um, 
like people were feeling better about the moment already instead of him just being like completely incapacitated, like being like, okay, like we just watched this guy literally die on the dance floor, <laughs> like, right, 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 right. which would be terrible, obviously. So that's a, that's, it's a hard thing to deal with. I dealt with something like that kind of at an event the last wedding I did. Do I play music? Do I not play music? You know, and then of course, everybody at the, at the event thinks that they know best and wants to tell you well, right. what the fuck is up. Which, right. if you're listening to this and you're a guest at a wedding, shut the fuck <laughs> up and sit in your seat. You do not know what the fuck is up. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So, uh, we got one more rapid fire question for you. And that would be, what is the best non-curse word, one word insult? So, it, this is... A, the toughest one that you guys throw out, but I love it because it makes you think I asked my girlfriend like two days ago. I'm like, you got to come up with something good. And she, <laughs> she, she did not provide. So that was uh, a letdown, but honestly the bet. And cause I was trying to think of something that I actually say, you know, I didn't want to just come up with some BS that like, I don't actually say, but like I do call people soft quite often and just, <laughs> so I'm, I'm a, I'm a big, uh, David Goggins fan, and he's always like, "Stay hard." So anytime I just can look at somebody, and be like, "Dude, you're you're just absolutely so soft right now. This is unbelievable. Like you're being <laughs> soft." That's that's probably the best I could come up with. But <laughs> we've never had that. I love it. Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's a good one. Um, before he got canceled, uh, Enzo Amore on WWE and uh, Big Cast, they were their word their word that they would use is soft, but it was S A W F T. F T. Yep. It's a very specific type of soft. <laughs> so that's like backside of the pillow after you just washed your sheets and like you flip over like, oh yeah, that's soft. <laughs> that's a good that's a good one. We haven't had that one on yet. It's a it's it's it is a very plain word that can cut very deep to the right person. Right. <laughs> so, exactly. I like, I like it. So one of the things we wanted to, uh, to talk to you about is, um, you know, you started the beard company and, you know, just kind of that transition of, of, of how that started and to where it's at today. So I don't have a specific question and I'm sure we have some stuff we do want to ask, but we kind of just want to hear your story and we think sure. it's interesting and people want to hear it. Cool. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll jump right into it. I'll give you guys like the, the story version of kind of how things went down and then hopefully that'll give you guys some some prompts for questions but yeah i mean just like everybody or what i felt like I, I ran into some guy at the collective who was from like arizona and was like yeah dude we shut down for two months and i'm like sick dude we shut down forever like <laughs> weird flex but like okay <laughs> so once COVID hit, you know, like obviously, you know, DJing pretty much came to a halt and Montana was, was really no different. And so we're stuck at home and amongst, you know, practicing DJing and trying to better that skill, I just kind of had like this, this aha moment or this realization moment that, you know, like, what if this happens again? You know, what if, what if there is another period of time where like work just does actually get taken away from you? You know, where, where would income be coming from? You know, is there another way to, you know, make some sort of income that is just goes beyond the event industry. So that was kind of an initial thought. But at that time, I had already been making my own beard oil for about two years um, before I had moved to Montana. And so I had always had the idea in my head, hey, maybe we'll just sell it at farmer's markets, do something fun with it, just to you know do something different, make a couple extra bucks. And then, um, of course, as all good ideas happen, my roommate and I had a few too many old fashions one Wednesday night during lockdown. And <laughs> I like, hey, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and um 
I just kind of like was spitting all sorts of nonsense. And I'm like, Hey man, I, I think I actually do this. I think I could, you know, figure out a way to make this you know, possible. And it's like, all right, well, you know, when we wake up in the morning or tomorrow afternoon, whenever it is, I'm going to make sure that, you know, you actually go through with this type of thing. So sure enough, it was nice. Cause I did, I had a roommate at the time. that was kind of like an accountability partner to help me continue to pursue the idea of, of, Briggs Beard, what became Briggs Beard Co. So that was in about April of 2020. Um, you got it off then, quick because I mean, it, basically, I, I have this picture of the last wedding I did was March 16th, right? And yep. maybe the 15th, and 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 then it was a wrap after that. So you're already in April and you've already done this. So that's impressive. So that's when I mean that's when the groundwork started. So we didn't end up launching until July. So it took. A couple months just to get all the ducks in a row because i you know i had to figure out fulfillment i had to figure out how to i had never made more than two ounces of beard oil at a time so i got to figure out how to scale um the website and all that stuff so it was just kind of like all those things that you i hadn't thought about before in a retail space i am now thinking about every day because it's like okay now we're gonna do this and it, you know obviously things started to slow down with you know factories may shut down and all that stuff so i'm like okay now i'm dealing with longer lead times than i even expected and it was just like almost overnight it felt like i had more headaches than i anticipated but obviously in a good way because it was cool so just to kind of speed up that part of the story so we april was kind of when i had the idea did a lot of testing and stuff and with the products and the bottles and all these different things and i knew i wanted to do it a little bit differently because a lot of my ideas came from a lot of the beard products that I had been using and my frustrations with them and the amount of packaging that they would send you and the price point and like what I felt like I was getting and how a lot of them just smelled kind of like shit and just like smelled fake. And I don't like cologne. I haven't used cologne in years and I just don't like the smell of like that alcoholy stuff. So I wanted to make sure ours smelled natural and, and fresh and stuff like that. So that took a few months. And then finally on July 20th, I believe of 2020 is when we launched and we started with four products, four beard oils um, and stickers, of course, on the website. And then from there, it's just been kind of a continual growth of the product line, our vision and kind of the direction that we want to go with sustainability kind of being the cornerstone. So some of the cool things that we do is all of the packaging that we ship in the boxes or the bags are compostable or recyclable. All of the stuffing in the boxes that we send with them is um, recyclable or compostable as well. And then um, our glass bottles are recyclable. And then the caps on our, as you showed it, the bottle, the caps are made out of bamboo. So it lessens the amount of plastic in the actual bottle. And then for every purchase that's made on our website or in person at the markets that we do, um, we plant a tree as a part of offsetting our carbon emissions in the shipping process. So we got all these little things that we're kind of adding together to create this awesome movement and um, identity as a company that is goes beyond what we say is go beyond the beard um, and not just let it stop with, you know, just buying products and using products, but how can, you know, what you buy benefits the environment in this, you know, instance, or just um, not cause harm to the world. Now is any of your competition doing stuff um, like you're doing with the bamboo or any of that other uh, stuff you mentioned? Are they not that they're over the top with all the packaging and all that other stuff, but just wondering right. if this is just like something very unique to what you're trying to push versus what some of the other brands have done. 
as far as I'm concerned, from what I've noticed, no one else is really doing anything. I mean, there may be like one or two things, but it's never really full circle. It's never really like every single part of what they do is all about it. So maybe a bamboo cap here and there, because like you can get, I mean, those bottles aren't extremely unique to the world. Like you, there's other people that use them and you can get them, um, but it's definitely a little bit additive cost type of thing and a choice you have to make when you're making things. So as far as I'm concerned, not really um, that I've seen. And um, still seeing a lot of the continued issues with the packaging from other um, beard oil companies. Like I follow obviously a lot of them on social media so I can see when people have unboxings and different things like that because I'm always curious. And it always seems like you're getting a one ounce bottle of oil in a massive box with you know bubble wrap and all that <laughs> stuff that you're right, immediately right. going to throw in the garbage. So we try to eliminate that as much as possible. But It's just so impressive to me. I, I can't... Um... I mean, the scaling alone, especially during that era when everything was no one could go into work to even build some of the or like, you know, provide some of this stuff. So that, that's an interesting story. Um, and and so how has it transitioned now from that or those early days to well, where you're at now? Also, the thing to think about is that that time physical appearance I wasn't thinking of that. So you're still there, like combing up, keeping yourself looking good. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I, right. I was like, Good point. Good point. Well, that was, I mean, that was a little bit of a positive though, is because you know, a lot of people hadn't been growing beards and then like the COVID beard became a thing. So we kind of struck in a little bit of that gold of just like, because I mean, even, you know, now people who didn't have beards prior and then had them during COVID are now saying, fuck it. And they're like, I'm just going to keep growing it because I like it. You know, I, I like the way it looks and all this stuff. So I think it opened up a, a large trend and now more than ever, beards are acceptable in the workplace that more than they ever have been. Cause I remember, I mean, I got told in college that if I, I went to school for being on TV and radio and I got told by someone that came and visited our class that if I ever wanted to be on TV, I had to shave my face. And I was like, eh, no, I'm good. So it, it was like a weird transition with, with that COVID. But to answer your question, um, Drew, as far as like the transition goes, so we started with four products and now we have 35. Um, so we've got, different and we've expanded from just the beard oils to now we have beard balms we have all natural lip balms and then we've got Maybe body oils as what's well. the difference between a beard balm and the oil um so it, literally for us it's just two ingredients so what we do is we take the beard oil which is a blend of three oils and we add mango butter and beeswax to it just to give it more of a consistency so think of it like a pomade or like a gel styling more or less for your beard so it's going to provide a little bit more of a hold while still giving you some of the benefits that the oil does because it's got the oil in it but it's literally just mango butter and beeswax to give it a little bit more of a, a thicker consistency and styling aspect to it type of thing and is a lot of this uh mixed or created locally or do you how do you outsource that to get then I, i'm just so fascinated and i don't want you to give away your all your secrets but you know is it it, it moves it has to move around the country or how does that work uh, no secrets here because it's actually something I'm really proud of. Um, I hand make every single product ever. Um, there's not a single bottle. So at the collective, you saw that people got the goodie bags on the chairs. I handmade, labeled, filled, and packaged all 250 or 60 of those that we that we put down. So I did all of those. Um, I'm literally I'm like in my office right now. So like on this wall to my left, your right is is like our whole stock. I've got like over a thousand 
bottles of oil sitting right here. And so from, you know, I obviously order the bottles from somewhere. I order um, the labels from somewhere um, and then kind of put it all together in that aspect. So from basically the start to finish, it, it, it goes through my hands. It goes through the sim a similar process. We wash the bottles, then we mix the oils, we fill the bottles, label the bottles, and then they sit on our shelves in stock. And then as far as fulfillment goes, I mean, this, this is our fulfillment facility right here is, is my office. So, you know, I was texting you guys about black Friday stuff. So it's just been a crazy past couple of days, you know, fulfilling those orders and making sure people are getting their stuff out and in, in a reasonable time and ship to them without, you know, getting lost and all that stuff is, is a testament to a lot of what I was saying before. It's just a lot of things that I never thought about or thought I would need to think about that. I now right. know way too much about <laughs> because it's just inevitable, you know, type of thing. So super impressive. I mean, everything, all the packaging is so well done and I've been using the oil and the, the lip balm. I love both of them. So no, it's, it's really impressive. You're doing it all by hand. I, it's, I don't know. It's amazing. I appreciate uh, that. I was going to say, we have a couple questions to ask, but I want to play a segment video before we ask them. One, two, three, four. Going fools, all shook up, you hound dogs, don't be cruel. There's an hour and ever. Let's talk social media. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. <laughs> all right not so, as many uh, in there as i expected but <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that go i'm sorry go ahead no i would say we did shorten it the uh-huh's a little bit we did but <laughs> at one point there was like 60 seconds worth of uh-huh and i had to like be like all right this is too much let me exit out of this video real quick <laughs> i love it but one of the things that we wanted to talk to you about uh, within what, what you've done with starting this company is marketing and social media and how, how it became from being just something that, you know, you make for yourself to now something that people are buying and you're shipping across, you know, all over. Yeah. How do you promote it? So, I mean, Instagram obviously is great. I've just recently hopped on TikTok and we know secret there that that stuff works. Um, Facebook too. It's, it's been a learning process because the transition of social media is so interesting to me. So I went to school and um, for broadcasting and digital media. And that was before TikTok existed. That was on the extreme rise of Instagram. Um, so kind of right before what I would call now the heyday of like social medias where it's like social media versus social media constantly. Um, and back then it was, it was fun. It was, and this is my opinion, obviously like it was fun. And now to me, it feels a lot, lot more like a chore. So it's trying to figure out the happy medium of still having fun with something and still accomplishing a goal type of thing, as far as like promotion goes. So what we did, a big mistake that I made is dumping hundreds and hundreds of dollars into Facebook and expecting that just to fuel my business. And that's just to be the answer. Um, I had a guy that was helping me. I had a couple of firms that were helping me and I was just bleeding money left and right. And they were like, they kept promising me things that I never saw. And so I ditched it. And I was like, this is, I could be making new products. I could be sponsoring local events. I could be doing all sorts of different things with this money that I'm just literally not just like coming in and going out. So 
about a year ago, I really transitioned um, our focus on what what we wanted to do in regards to promotion. And that is just kind of focusing a lot on our local market here in Montana, but also like the event space, because it's something that I knew and it's something that I'm passionate about. So I wanted to find that happy medium of where can these two collide to benefit, you know, how can we help events have cool, awesome products, something different, something unique? Um, How can we be a part of, you know, some super fun? Because obviously, for those who don't know, a big part of our brand is like outdoor adventure, you know, just kind of you know, doing whatever you want and having fun with it. And whether it be in a city, whether it be in the mountains, whether wherever you are, like we just want to emphasize, you know, being the best that you can be and looking the best that you can be while doing it. Um, so for that, we really focus on local events. Like we sponsored a mountain bike event here in Missoula. Um, we sponsored a snowboarding event last year in a, a ski hill south of here. We did the DJ Collective for the second year in a row. Um, we sponsor the minor league baseball team here in Missoula in town. And a lot of that stuff has been a lot more beneficial for our brand and our recognition around town than me just throwing a Facebook ad in somebody's face and hoping that they react to it positively because we're selling a cosmetic product. You can't smell our products through the internet. A product description is only so good and it may hit people completely wrong um, and they may not understand what exactly it is without seeing demonstrations or feeling it or holding it in their hands and stuff like that. So we've been doing also like farmer's markets. We're at the farmer's market every single week here in Missoula. And then we do a, f- a handful throughout the state next week or this coming weekend. We're in Helena, Montana for a handmade market. The weekend after that, we're back in Missoula for another one. And then the weekend after that, we're doing a different one. So as much as obviously social media is a great tool, if anybody's you know down on it and just really upset with it, like like I, t- I tend to get often. It's just like there are other ways like it's not the I think we're getting fooled into the idea that it's the only way to be successful or get re- the recognition that you want is through views and likes and all those things. Well, I think it's hard sometimes for people, you know, advertising is great and social media advertising is great. And, you know, it's like Coke. Well, everybody has had a Coke. So when you see a Coke advertisement, it reminds you of the taste and like, Oh, I, I want a Coke right now. Or like even DJs, sometimes you could, you could advertise your DJ business all that you want, but until sometimes people actually hear you DJ or meet you in person, they're like, Oh, that's the guy I want to do my event or wedding. Right. That's kind of what you're saying with the product too, is like, you kind of got to get it out there for people to see. And then once they kind of get it, they're like, oh, this is great. I want to use it more. Right, exactly. And that's what I've noticed with instead of spending money on ads and and all that stuff online, I now invest that into like sample packs that we hand out when we go places. Because it's like I've noticed if we can just get our product in people's hands and they can use it, our success rate of getting them back as a customer is a thousand times better than it is with like Facebook and Instagram ads. I can say I could count on one hand the amount of new repeat customers that I got from a Facebook ad that I spent over $2,000 on, but I could count on six hands or whatever, how many customers that we've gained and followers we've gained because I've given them something and now they can't get enough of it type of thing. So The social media stuff, dude, and I figured this is going to be a topic like it's such a love hate thing for me because I do enjoy media. I do enjoy making videos. I've got a drone. I've got a nice camera. I've got a GoPro. I actually just ordered the Max. You guys convinced me the whole 360 video stuff. I'm like, I got to jump on it. Um, So I do really enjoy doing that. 
and spending the time on it. But like when it just becomes something that I feel like I have to do, I feel like it kind of loses a little bit of its taste and it can become cheesy and corny and just like, okay, this person's just posting to post because the algorithm, you know, the, the algorithm, I'm so tired of people talking about the algorithm. It's insane, but yeah, it is unfortunate. I think you hit the nail on the head though, with saying that like, Oh, it used to be fun. And now it just feels like something that you have to do. And, that's where to the point to where like I am, where it's like, oh, when I get cited about something, I want to post it. And like, you know, I've had posts. We all do it where you feel like you're just posting to post stuff. But now I'm right. trying to be more like take a little hands back. And it's like if I'm excited about it, I want to post it. But if I don't, I just don't. Because how do you if you're not excited about something, how do you how do you expect to get like other people excited? And I know there's right. the whole argument of like content, 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 put it out, put it out, put it out, put it out, <laughs> which we could list examples of guys right now that we all know that are doing that and it's amazing but that is a chore to be doing that right you know well and you're running this whole business by yourself which is already crazy <laughs> enough to, have, to think that you know you need a full other team just to do marketing let alone packaging and branding all this stuff so obviously you 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 worked on the brand how did the the branding and all of that other stuff come about did was it pretty organic you were just like i'm gonna use myself and i'm gonna grow it from there so this this is a good kind of segue for the combination of the djing and the the beard company so i work for two different companies that are entertainment companies i work for one that's based out of northern illinois and chicago and then i work for one that's based here in missoula and for them i do i book mainly weddings between the both of them and then i also do solo stuff so i do i have my own I have a lot of my own gear, pretty much all my own gear and all that stuff. So I struggled for a long time of wondering if I wanted to start my own DJ company. You know, I'm sure so many people have been there before that are like either a number two or they're in a list of DJs and like, shoot, do I like, do I continue to be, you know, just one of the guys? Do I want to be one of the top guys or do I want to be my guy? Like, do I want to be the only guy? So the beard oil company really gave me the opportunity to step into a role as myself and make myself the brand. Of course, as a DJ, you're always your own brand and that that'll never go away because you are obviously the product. But, you know, when I'm getting inquiries and I'm like, Hey, I do all these weddings through this person in this location, or I do all my weddings through this person in this location, I'm sending them to their website and not mine. Cause I don't even have like a personal DJ website because of, because of that, because I send them to certain places depending on where they're located type of event and all that stuff. So the beard oil company really gave me an opportunity to be the face of the company. And that's something that I always really, truly wanted to do and to be um, is the face and the personality and the living proof of, you know, what the company is trying to accomplish. So for me, it was kind of a no brainer with the beard and everything. And that's what I noticed a lot about all these other beard oil companies is yeah, I never knew who the guy was like, who, who started this? Where did it come from? Who, who's the dude that is the proof, you know, you get the one or two guys that you'll see on the social media feed of their company. And like, you assume that, okay, this is the guy that started it, yada, yada, yada. So, um, I really truly wanted to be in not in an arrogant way, but I did want to be the focus of what we were doing because I love person to person, you know, connection so much. And I knew that, that that was going to be a cornerstone of this company is talking to people, meeting with people. I mean, the amount of markets and 
relationships and friendships and people that I've just like shook hands with and talked to about this is in the tens of thousands at this point. And it's, it's awesome. I love it. It's so much fun. You know, of course, just like anything, some days I'm like, man, I can't talk about beard oil anymore, but then, you know, I go home and, <laughs> and I'm reminded of like the, the, the whole scope of the dream and the goal. So as far as the branding goes, I, um, I mean, no secret here. I use 99designs.com to get my logo. Um, you submit a couple of like, um, examples of what you're, you want it to potentially look like, give them a short mm -hmm. description and then they give you a bunch of designs and then they kind of whittle it down into, you know, the finalists. <coughs> and lucky for me, <clears throat> man, lucky for me, uh, the guy who I ended up with just absolutely nailed it. One of our biggest compliments we get all the time is the logo and how it works. And if you pay attention to it a little bit, you can see that there's, you know, a bird in there. There's some leaves yeah. and some sticks to really like show that the environment is integrated into our creation of the beard oil and what we're trying to yeah. do. I love it. I love the logo. You can see it in the background, but here it is as well. <clears throat> no, I love it. Um, one thing that I just want to to tell you is I, I i work for other companies as well i work for a couple of different i subcontract with a lot of different different companies and i was just talking to a dj friend yesterday how i find you know this is for all the djs i feel that even if you're working for other companies you need to build your own brand so i would just say if you are gonna push the, the djing aspect of it at all and i know they kind of combine still pushing your own brand or creating your own website to where you could coexist and you could send those leads to where they need to go, but you should be really pushing your own brand and representing all that stuff. Cause you're doing it with the beard stuff and it's amazing, but it could coincide and it could, you could be getting right. these amazing gigs to where you're the guy that's the go-to guy. And it doesn't matter who books it. You should still be proud of your personal brand on the DJ side of it. So right. that's something that I would push you into creating your own even it's even simple just um dj end of it perfect yeah i appreciate that and it's definitely on the i've got a long list of um stuff to do this this off season so and that is definitely on there because i've already started to see the the connection between the two for example the um the baseball team that we sponsor is the beard oil company uh they approached me as a sponsor for the beard oil and then sold them i sold them on the djing and now i'm their official dj um and so this this past season was our first time doing it, the first time they had ever done anything like that. And this next season, we've really kind of refined the process and what it's going to look like. And we've got some really cool stuff planned that I'm, I'm super stoked about. Um, get a DJ from Hope Plate every once in a while, which is super, super cool. Um, I know Fuse is a big baseball guy, so I'll we'll have to get you guys yeah. out for a game or something. But yeah, uh, yeah. What's so the... I, I agree. all that to say, I agree. It's it's interesting to see how the two can very much weave together and and be uniquely theirs but also the combination well, of the two. I mean, I think it's something that we try and preach as, as a lot is uniqueness. I mean, we did the panel at the DJ Collective, and the panel was really about being unique and how do you put your own self or your own spin inside of it. And, um, you know, to relate it all back to DJing is you just be yourself. There's <laughs> there's no other way around it. You know, just be yourself and put, put your style into it, and people are going to flock to it. So... You're already doing that with the oil. I just think if you kind of combine it, I think it could be like this really dope uh, product that you're pushing. Heck yeah. I think uh, having your own DJ brand is only going to help push all of the brands, like in terms of like the beard, 
the beard oil. It's only going to help if if you have two different companies that are that are selling you in different markets. Uh, what's good for what's good for your brand is good for theirs because if you essentially blow up more, you know, uh, you know, it's only going to help their brand and all of that stuff. So I think it's a it's a good thing to to have all of it. It it was one of my big takeaways from the DJ Collective. A, a couple of people have been asking me what was my takeaway, and this is my fifth year. And you know, some of the speak the spe- uh, the speakers or some of like the talks, I, I might have already heard or. You know, it didn't hit me, but the one thing that keeps coming home and coming home is I really need to focus on my own personal brand and I need to just get my star uh, going back to what it used to be before I was trying to do a multi-op. And so I think you really have this right here and just pushing it a little bit harder on that that side of it. I think you could have the most unique thing in the country, man. It, it's really dope having the both yeah, sides. I think- I think that's my favorite part about it too that gets me all fired up is like the fact that every decision that is made now is mine and you know and it's for it's in the best interest of obviously the company as a whole but like I am the one that's in the front of the train and you know how can we you know do the things that we need to do to grow and continue to grow and then also you know combine the two when we can um yeah I, I love it it gets me fired up all the time especially when things are going well I mean every other day you feel like there's something that can always go wrong but it's retail dude retail don't ever get into men's retail don't ever do it (laughs) it's a nightmare (laughs) but i do love it i I say all that and i do truly love it and it's been a blast men are the worst let's be honest women want to just buy everything and men are like why do i need that it's funny uh all the time at farmers markets we'll get couples that walk by and the, the the lady's always like nudging the guy or the bearded person like hey hey look beard stuff beard stuff and they're always like I don't, fuck that i don't need that like what you think my beard looks bad and it's like bro come on you're killing me right now oh <laughs> i was gonna say it's it so funny a, it's got to be a hard market to tap into with just uh the the types of men that usually rock longer beards and the ideology that comes with it i'm sure is a lot of you know, uh, hard-headedness to break into, you know, uh, with that. So it's like black and white. Like they're either super anti, like I don't ever need anything for it. Or like we get the guys that are like, this is, I've got like 60 bottles at home. I'm a connoisseur. Like I've got all these different brushes and these combs and all this stuff. And then I would say there's three schools of thought. Then there's the third school of thought where it's just the clueless dude that has just, you know, has no idea that there is even some sort of product for their beard. <laughs> right. And it's just like those, those guys I love. Cause I was like, here, I promise you just use this a couple of times. Like this will yeah. help you so much. Like just try it. So, <laughs> but yeah, stubborn guys are the, they're the worst, man. It's just like, <laughs> I don't, I could complain all day about it. So I know we were talking at the collective and some people were asking if they don't have a beard, how they can use this. It's also uh, a lotion people could use maybe for shaving or uh, I don't know if you could talk about that. Other yeah, stuff. Absolutely. So there it's honestly, and I think I mentioned this to you guys and I mentioned it to people all the time. The only thing that makes it beard oil is literally the marketing behind it. So it is a blend of all natural oils that is just actually great for your skin. So if you don't have a beard, my dad, he's a dentist. He shaves every day. He's been clean shaved since as long as I could remember. He uses it as an aftershave instead of, you know, a, a hair 
growth promoter or anything like that. Um, so you can use it as an aftershave. If you do want to use it as a shave oil, you're more than welcome to. You definitely can. I know when I go to my barber and I have him shave my cheeks, he uses it on my cheeks. So it works well for that. Um, for people with longer hair, um, it's great for dry scalp. It's great for um, healing split ends or preventing split ends. It's also great for like really coarse hair. Um, it's just going to naturally hydrate your hair in a way that um, most other products can't. So like for you, um, Drew, you're obviously never going to put, you know, lotion or U2 fuse like on your hair. If you are, please stop. It's really, really bad for you. <laughs> uh, you're not going to put like that stuff on your hair and you never would have the hair on your head. So it's kind of a natural moisturizer. Um, we also do have like a full body oil line that's catered to the skin more than just the hair. Um, we just switched around a couple of the oils and made it a little bit of a thinner blend. So it's great as a um, replacement for lotion, or you can even add it to your lotion to, to thin out your lotion a little bit and add a good smell to it. So there's a lot of different options um, that you can use it for. It's not like people are always like, oh, well, if I rub it on, you know, my face and I don't want to grow facial hair, am I just going to grow a beard? I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> I'm not altering your genetics like right now. Like, <laughs> like this is not the case. And so <laughs> it's true. Oh, you, Lord, give the me questions. Up, <laughs> the questions we get sometimes, I just laugh like, oh, it's just too funny. But yeah, so all that to say, there is plenty of other uses that you can use it for um, aside from just beard or facial hair. <laughs> I love it, dude. So good. Why are people so dumb, man? Dude, it, in the wedding world, I thought I had seen some pretty ridiculous stuff and just some questionable like thought processes of people. But then you get into retail, and then you're just like, who told, who told you what? At what point in your life that has just misconstrued you to think these ridiculous things? But it's the way the world is. All right. Yeah. All right, so we know you do uh, the the baseball team, and uh, we're kind of going to do our rendition of Serato uh, Top 5. We're going to talk about some songs that are big at the, the baseball park that you play in. But first, I'm going to play this segment video. Hey, Taze on Day here. Drew and Fuse, the drewiest and fusiest pair on the planet, are here to marinate your ears uh marinate themselves maybe kind of rotisserie themselves and 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 you know roll around in the ambiance of sound and music so put on some Tazande light candles and let's talk music <laughs> please All don't right. ever stop doing those <laughs> Uh, stays so on good. day himself mr chocolate rain Mr. <laughs> it's so good um, all right so we know uh usually you know when we do serato top five we talk you know top five songs that are uh, the most played in in serato libraries but we know you've been djing at the baseball park and you were telling us off camera that you were in the outfield playing like a 15 minute hype up set hype up like hype the crowd up set so we just want to talk a little bit about some of the songs that you you were playing in that set and you know what 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 you think was working yeah it's it's super cool because it's been awesome to be a part of the organization to a degree that they've they've asked me for my advice in a professional way of like okay what do you think would be cool we really love the idea of integrating you as much as we can so it started out with me just doing an hour 
um, as people were walking to the concourse. So I'd be in the concourse by the bar, just hanging out where there's a barbecue area too. So I'd be playing there for an hour as people came in, once doors opened. And then we made it into the playoffs. And so I approached the entertainment manager and was just like, hey, I've got this idea. Um, what if we like pipe? Because at that time I was like my own speakers in the concourse. I wasn't tied into the stadium system. And I was like, hey, what's what did you think about tying into the stadium system? Maybe moving me up, you know, closer to the stands and kind of being in that area and kind of creating that atmosphere on the field instead of in the front. And he goes, I love it. I love it. He's like, what if we just put you on home plate? I'm like, what? You want to put me on home plate? He goes, yeah, let's <laughs> put you on home plate. And so sure enough, uh, for three separate times um, while we were in the playoffs, I got to DJ from home plate. And the way that kind of worked is I would do 45 minutes of opening in the concourse and then I'd flip and run down to home field and uh, DJ. They'd give me like a 15 minute, 20 minute window um, to just as like a crowd hype up right before. And then I would DJ the player walkout. So what we would do is play every player's walkout um, or batting song as they walked onto the field for the starting lineup type of thing. So it was super awesome because it really pushed me to be more creative than most um, like private events really are because at that point you're kind of more or less putting on a show you know it's like i mean obviously every time you dj is a little bit of a show but at this point in time you know i've got i'm on the jumbotron and i've got a camera right in my face and people are watching me so if i'm letting you know dua lipa play all two minutes and 30 seconds of the song and i'm doing nothing people are going to be like this is boring so <laughs> i really yeah. took like a a red bull three style battle style approach to it in a sense that I wanted to be very hands-on, very quick moving um, and just make it more entertaining and about the music. Cause I know it wasn't a dance party. It wasn't, you know, vibey. It was more like, okay, we've got 10 minutes to game time. What can we do to get people hyped? What, quick question. What equipment wise and the, uh, logistically, how are you getting it out there? Is it like on a cart and it's like push it out there. All the cables get round out. You do your set real quick. And then they like pull the cart. Cause this is home plate. <laughs> And shit's got to happen. Right. So <laughs> logistics, so, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a nerd for logistics. So it, for up in the concourse, I would have, I just use a DJ SX, super simple, um, just because it's you know, simple, quick mixing, stuff like that, nothing crazy. And then I'd have two speakers that I would just like, when it was my time to shut down, close the computer. By this time, I had already been there and I had set my stuff, my turntables. I've got my my rain 12s right here behind me. Um, those would already be set up on a table right in front of home plate. And the players aren't allowed to do any sort of warm up activities after like 90 minutes prior to the game. So nobody can touch my stuff or there's no like baseballs flying around by my gear. So I felt comfortable. So it's set up on the table right in front of home plate. There's one XLR that they run from the... Um, from the press box down to my gear. So I'm a direct into their board. And then I've got an extension cord running power. So as soon as I'm done, there's somebody that's ready to go to pull the XLR off the cord. And then the legs of the table that we grab just fold right up and we put the table on the back of a gator and then we just take off. So it's, 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 it's quick. It's real quick. Cause literally the first time, we didn't account for like the national anthem and we got caught in the middle of the teardown right as they're about to play the national anthem. And I just was like, I stop. like we we're not tearing down while the national anthem is playing. Like people will literally look at us like we're the devil. Like we cannot do this. So right. after we did it the first time though, it was a lot smoother and we just kind of pick up the table, put it on a gator. I hop on the gator and we just bust out of there, drive around. We'd like exit through third base or down the third base line and then pull out and then I can tear it all down there and, and take it, take it away. So 
Stressful. No, it sounds like it, but uh, you got a team behind you, so it makes sense. Um, so then let's talk songs. Like, what, what's, what, how did you wrap your head around this set and uh, what are some of the songs you pushed? So it's cool because having DJed the, the concourse before, you know, you really get an idea of who's at the games and like who is there. So I took that into account a lot. And at these games, and these aren't MLB, you know, we're a, it's called the pioneer league. It's an independent league. We used to be affiliated with the diamondbacks, but now we're independent, which is, is better for us. Um, there's a lot less rules that we have to follow, um, including drinking rules, which is great. So, uh, in, in that respect, our demographic does tend to lean a little bit older. You know, we get a lot of, you know, older people and the, even their fifties and their sixties, sometimes people that just love baseball and like love to come for the atmosphere and be there. But then you also have your, mid twenties, early thirties, you know, party crowd. And I had a conversation with the manager ahead of time, just kind of what our goal, what was our goal? You know, who did we want to, to experience this the most? Do we want to cater to the, the larger old crowd or do we want to get people hyped? And we just kind of came to the conclusion when it comes down to it, like we really care more about the players. You know, we want to hype up the players. We want to win the game while also making sure that people feel comfortable with what's being played. So with that being said, I bounced a lot between new stuff and oldies. So like, for example, like I played in, in one of my sense, I made sure I played Panama by, you know, Van Halen. And I played, I'm trying to think of some of the other stuff that I played. Um, that was like, old. like I played spirit in the sky and fortunate son, some, um, CCR stuff and some rolling stones to like really cater to that older crowd. Cause I love that music. I mean, that's what I grew up listening to my yeah. dad with, like I said before. So, and played in the right space and at the right time and for the right amount of time, it can be pretty hype. So oh, well, definitely, especially in that. Right. Area. That exactly. So I played a lot of that stuff, you know, give me shelter. And then um, obviously I, I threw in a good handful of, you know, the, the popular hype Drake songs that are not the new stuff that sucks, you know, some kind of West, the typical, like all the lights, trophies, big rings, kind of stuff like that. That's that is, can be kind of typical in the sporting arena, but it, it goes over well when mixed with, older classics if you will so yeah. that's kind of, that was kind of my goal was like okay how can we combine the two to make sure that everybody's hearing something that they know so when i drop you know six foot seven foot and then i play you know van halen next the old lady that's literally 30 feet in front of me that's giving me dagger eyes because she just her little wayne is like <laughs> oh my goodness he knows who van halen is oh so that, that's a true story that actually happened so um uh, <laughs> It's been cool though. It's been it's really forced me to think about music a little bit differently than a wedding or a corporate event would would ever make you think about it, which is fun for me. Yeah, it's a fine line, man. I'm you're walking that line, especially with people drinking. <laughs> right. People can exactly. be assholes. All of a sudden the asshole comes out and they all know they all know more than the the guy that just had a, a stroke, right? It's, a, it's right. the same same type of person. They're all over there. I know what you what I want, but you know if you mix it right, then people get on board. So that's dope, right. man. That's really rad. It is interesting that yeah, I've tried to be really creative and drop like baseball esque sound bites like into my sets, and so, so far every single one has been like way too over everybody's head. <laughs> so like I, I dropped um, a couple sound bites from 
oh, I forgot even what movie was like. I think I did one from Field of Dreams. I think I did one from even Major League. Like I was just dropping like yes. random stuff in there. Like and it was just oh nobody nobody grabbed onto it i was so it wasn't like you know obviously a main part of the set but it was just funny because i was like i'm gonna try this and maybe someone will get it um and they didn't so it was fine but just so (laughs) for example like here there's i'll just run through this set list real quick you know i get 15 songs maybe maybe i've got you know lose yourself eminem going bad run this town all the way up public service announcement and then can't stop by the chili peppers and then i played the rocky theme uh, this is how we do or how we do by 50 cent or with 50 cent and then into smells like teen spirit into seven nation army and then yeah. into win by J rock. So obviously it's a lot of like sport win this win win all that stuff, right. but yeah. with a little bit of old flavor sprinkled in to keep the old people now, happy. Do the players give you their requests at all? Are you in, in tune with them? Cause I know most players have some kind of walk up song, right? Right. So I asked our entertainment director, I was like, Hey, will you ask the players for me? Like if there's something that they really, really want to hear, I'm more than happy to work it in nine times out of 10. It's a hip hop song at 70 some BPM, or it's a a rager at 128. So it's like right in those two realms that are going to be a little common. And um, they literally did not care. So, so let me say they, they all pick their walk-up songs. Like they have the same walk-up song that they maybe change once or twice a season. So I had all of their walk-up songs ready to go. But as far as like the pre walk-up set, they all were just like, we, we don't care. But then, so as soon as they did their walkouts, I had all of those songs in a crate that like labeled with their names, with the drop cue points and all that stuff like that. So, which is funny. Cause you know, we, we have a lot of country folk up here in fuse. I'm with you, man. Country music could never be played ever again. And you would never see a tear out of my eye, but we do have to cater to that crowd as well, which is, yeah. is always fun. So Chris Stapleton, deep cuts. Always. <laughs> yeah. So Morgan, I, Morgan Wallen mashups. Yeah. Dude, it, Morgan Wallen is God here, and it's kind of annoying, but whatever. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Fuse is like, there's a reason why there's no country edits from me on DMS. <laughs> there, well, there actually is. There actually That's is. The funny. Oh, there is? Yeah. Oh, no. I, I, we we were filling a void for country, and I was like, man, I really don't want to do this. Or like, I think there's some really really old ones that I did just to like do for the site, because um, that's the thing. A lot of times for DMS, uh, I'm not editing as much as I once was for the site, but for a while there, that was just my sole job was the editor, and uh, you know, so a lot of times it was what's not on the site, what do we need up, and. Uh, you know, there was some country and then uh, I had an alias because I was tired of posting country music under my name for a while there. I was posting uh, all the country edits under the name of Plaid Blazely. And uh, that's <laughs> that's uh, that's me, actually. So yeah. I'm going to can you can I still find a Plaid Blazely edit? On oh, there are tons Blazely. of on there. There's tons. Yeah. Of oh, there. no way. This is great. Yeah. I'm looking it up right now. I, you know, I had somebody ask me recently, who's Plaid Blazely? And I just laughed. <laughs> he's, a, he's a legend. There's a deep cut for you guys. Plaid Blazely is Fusamania. It's actually uh, Morgan Whalen's uh, groupie that just makes edits for him. 
<sighs> I think I have a Morgan Wallet edit up there too. That it's just me. Whiskey glasses. Yeah, I made I made some edits of that for it this year actually. Oh yeah, sure. Because again, sometimes we just realize something's not on the site, and I'm like, I'll just do it real quick and put it up. You know, like it somehow got missed or overlooked or, you know, whatever. The fact that Scooter's got a Morgan Wallen Roscoe Dash blend is it's that's gold. I, I told you, I there you said go. Yeah, yeah, you could use them. You could use it at the stadium. Uh, we haven't done one of these in a while. We're going to go ahead and get a 60-second rant going. So I'm going to play this segment video, and uh, we'll get to ranting. Hey, Drew and Fuse. Peter Griffin calling in. I want to hear what really grinds DJ's gears. You know, besides from bad bunny requests from a phone or DJ stealing custom mashups of YMCA and Macarena and using it on their own TikToks. Hey, this week's guest, what grinds your gears? <laughs> All right, there you have Peter Griffin with the uh, the 60-second rant. I'm pulling 60 seconds up on my phone, and we can get started as soon as you start talking. I'll set the clock. All right, ready, go. Astero Pixel tubes are not that cool. Um... <laughs> the sync button is a viable option as a DJ, and if you hate on it that much, you've got too much time on your hands. Um, 360 videos might be cooler in the future. I just bought a camera, so I'm not sure yet. Um, sparkler exits are the death of your dance floor. Do not ever do them. It is kind of cool to make your ceremony optional. Um, do not ever have your wedding ceremony before 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Unless your venue says you got to be out by 10. Don't do it. Um, beard oils for everybody. Use it. Rub it. Love it. Um, our body oil can be used as lube. Um, <laughs> that's it. All right. All right. With eight seconds remaining, I just want to say Astera tubes are, I think, are cool. I do think they're cool, but I think they are becoming a little overhyped. So I will say that. Here's a little fun fact about the Montana market. So the sun here doesn't set in the summer until about 10, 30, 11 o'clock. So I have just zero use for any lighting ever because all of our venues are outside. So anytime everybody just brags about their pixel tubes, I just laugh and just say it must be nice to be indoors. <laughs> You know, I, I I will fight everybody because I do love mine. Um, it's been a great addition. And it's really just, I only have four of them. I don't do the crazy amount. Like some people I've seen like 10, 12. I, I think it's crazy. I, I like it. I, it fills the dance floor. But, you know, I also could throw out a couple up lights and do that there. So I, I, I can see both arguments for it. <laughs> but I have I have been loving them lately. It's just I, I, frustrating when you see like something cool come out and then the trend of just, well, now everybody has these, you know, and I right. get it because, well, I, know. I'll tell you guys and Briggs, I'm not sure if you were there, but the, the DJ collective, it was, um, 19, 2019. And <clears throat> they used the, the pixel tubes for the first time they brought Jacob out. Yep. And every single person was like, what are those lights? And we all were going to dump a bunch of money and buy them. We were all ready for 2020 and then 2020 hit and pulled the plug on all of us. And we all slowly bought them. But 
it was that show that basically Jacob was the one that put him in everybody's hands uh, at that show. Yeah. Uh, no one was even paying. It was on nobody's radar until that that show. Are you talking? When did what party did he use him for? I'm trying to remember. It was um, Buck Rogers played Scooter played uh, Digital Dave oh, played. Yeah. Um, yep. That's when it got moved inside because it was raining, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Angelo uh, played, and 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 he just had him kind of laying around, and everyone's like, "What are the what what is this?" Yep. And 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 that's what. That is exactly the reason why everybody did it. It was that influential. We know yeah, you got that Astera tube hiding in the corner in the back of your video right now. Dude, that's not even an Astera tube. That <laughs> is a lightsaber. <laughs> that is I a lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is um. What is it? It's a. Uh, what's the brand? Oh, Gobi. Gobi. It's a Gobi. The difference between them is they have this giant base. They're not wireless. You got to plug them in. Yeah. But um. I like them because it's a different kind of lamp. I like it. It's a different kind of lamp. That should be their slogan. That should be their slogan. Kind of lamp. (laughs) (laughs) Um. All right. We got the sauce. Let's take it home. Take it home for them. We're gonna. You got something? Some giveaways for us. Some takeaways. Building your own company. Doing something out of the pandemic. That is so stressful that, you know, you you basically birthed this whole new project from it. What's what's a big takeaway for people that, you know, you just got to dive in and do it and learn as you go. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that that's a good one right there. Just don't be afraid to dive into something. Don't be afraid to be the one in the room that knows the least, because it's those moments in time that you're going to learn the most, because when everybody knows more than you, it's inevitable that you're going to learn something and don't or always be like a learner. Don't always feel like you need to be a teacher and just honestly, just have fun, man. I mean, that was another cl- takeaway from the collective is it, I get, I to this year, I experienced the worst burnout I've ever experienced as a DJ, like in my personal career. And it, it sucked and I actually realized it and I had to swallow it. And it's not something that I hope people ever have to go through, but it's real. And, you know, going to the collective and just seeing other DJs, better DJs, having genuine fun dude the smile on scratch bastard's face oh, is the most con- it's so more good. contagious than covid bro like it's just literally yeah. that smile is so <laughs> genuine and you can tell that he loves nothing more than playing music for people and having a good time it just like sparks a little bit of a fire and reassurance in in me that i'm doing i'm doing what i love and i you know i i am truly on the right path because especially with the beard oil company too dude it's so easy to just get bogged down and, and smacked in the face and wallow in that. But I also have to remind myself that it took a very shitty situation like a pandemic for me to then find the thing that I truly love the most. And that's, you know, creating my own company, pursuing it, putting my head down, doing the hard work. And that's the other thing too. Nothing's easy. Hard work is is real. And don't ever, don't ever take a handout. Work hard because that shows. I mean, obviously, you're putting all this time into it. You're building all this stuff yourself. What new stuff that can we look forward to? I mean, you already got 30, what, 34 product, products already? Yeah. Uh, what's yeah. something that's on the horizon that maybe you could just increase us with a little bit? Or, you know, what's, what's something you give us that to look out for? Uh, so one of the biggest asks that we've been getting is like a beard wash that we just don't carry yet. And so I'm in the process of creating my own. And I tell people all the time I would never sell anything or or put anything on our website that I don't personally use. So it, a lot of this stuff does take time just because I've got to test stuff out. I've got to make sure I like it. So a beard wash is very much in the future. 
and hopefully coming to a store near you. Um, and that, and eventually we would love to do like a full merch line. We would love to do like a streetwear line for, for lack of better words, that focuses on sustainability and the brand itself. So a lot of the, the eco-friendliness with the logo and the colors and the greens and the orange and the earth tones, because it's something I'm, I'm passionate about, but that that's down the road a little bit, but yeah, I don't know. Stay tuned to our socials though. Cause I'm pretty active on there. I'm a stories guy. TikTok and suck it. Um, so, <laughs> and, and well, where can everybody find your yes. products? Maybe you want to plug all that. Yeah. So, if you're in the local Montana market, which is probably very minimal listening to this podcast, we're in a few stores in Missoula, the Paddleheads Post, Zulikins Clubhouse, Patty Creek Market. Um, if you're anywhere else in the nation, Northern Illinois, Rockford, there's a few shops. Hit me up. I'll let you know if you're curious. Otherwise, online, we ship nationwide, ship to Hawaii, Alaska, and Canada as well. So BriggsBeardCo.com, um, hit us up. And if you made it this far through the podcast, if you use code DAFS, also known as DAFS, um, we'll give you 20% off. I'm making that up right now, so I got to go plug it in. But um, <laughs> yeah, online's the best spot, and uh, we'll ship it right to you, and we'll, we'll get you taken care of. That's amazing. DAFS Punks, you heard it first. Yeah, go there, get your oil. I'm using it. Look, I got the... I got the beard oil and I got the chapstick, which honestly, I fucking love this chapstick and I love the beard oil. It smells so good. My wife, my wife's been so hyped. She's like, I thought you hated, uh, you know, oils or smelling stuff and she's in heaven. So no. What, uh, what chapstick did you get? Oh, Montana dreaming. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I got, That's, I got uh, the other one in mine and I, I liked it too. I like the chapstick as well. I haven't nice. used the, the beard oil yet, uh, but I plan on, on giving it a, a run. Go for oh, it. Yep. Man, my wife honestly has been so hyped on it. <laughs> she's, See, she's been thing. loving it. So we thought about making our slogan Briggs beard code. It gets you laid, but um, <laughs> I, I was the only one behind that one. no it's 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 good man um no dude thank you so much for being on i mean just the story by itself is just such an inspiration i think you know some people always think can i be a dj past 50 or can i do this and you know i i think it all ties together it's about learning to be an entrepreneur and not just being a dj i think it's really um you're doing you're doing the most for you know something you love and the passion project and it all stemmed from something else so it always right. coincides so yeah man absolutely thanks for being I appreciate on. you guys like thank you so much for having me and um drew it's it's been a pleasure knowing you for the few years that we have and fuse i'm glad that we finally got to meet up and connect and you just right back at you guys keep doing what you're doing i mean it's it, there's nothing wrong with having fun i mean in, in this day and age people are just so testy and so so on edge about so much stuff and you know this show is a perfect example of you know why not say fuck it and just have some fun you know <laughs> that is it is our passion project we're just having fun with it so um it's been something new i mean you gotta have you gotta have a hobby you know Absolutely. dj and dj used to be our hobby became a business which is amazing but you gotta still still enjoy fun so that's right. Hopefully this doesn't become work to you and you still keep uh, pushing out and enjoying it. Totally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you need a helper in there. You need an assistant. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I, I I got my girlfriend whenever I convince her to, to help me. I just like I'll buy dinner tonight. Can you label these bottles for me? <laughs> <laughs> that's worth it. I'd be like, yeah. what are we having? 
<laughs> no, but she is awesome. I do both her and then I have another business partner that runs the markets for me. So they deserve a shout out, Jake and, and Al. So thank you so much to them. It wouldn't be possible without them. And yep, surround yourself with awesome people and success is inevitable. Keep pushing. There awesome. it is. Uh, well, plug us. Did you already hit the, the websites and everything? Or where to find everything? Uh, yeah, BriggsBeardCo.com. All the socials are just BriggsBeardCo. No underscore, nothing special. Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok when I'm not being lazy. So hit them up. There you have it. Uh, make sure you follow him on all of the social medias. Hit that promo code if you're going to go buy some some beard uh, oil, chapstick, or one of his other 34 products. Uh, and that's going to wrap it up for today. Thank you guys so much. Uh, wherever you're you're listening, please like, follow, subscribe, download, all that good stuff. We do have some uh, some YOLO line um, uh, voicemails that I'm going to play on the uh, the next episode. So be looking out for those. Uh, and if you guys need that number again, it's 562-246-YOLO. And that's going to wrap up the show today. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate you. Peace.